Between the Covers, a series designed around who and what can be done and achieved by patients, planning and working in a community of like-minded, successful people. This podcast series is for anyone looking at becoming a successful published author and those looking to understand the mind of a writer and the goals of a publisher. Proudly sponsored by Shoreline Publishing. Welcome and enjoy. We've been talking about making a career change. Well, imagine going from a medical anthropologist to a crime writer. Karen Thurecht used to travel a lot for her job. Uh, so when COVID hit, she had heaps of extra time. Instead of learning how to make sourdough, though, she decided to write her first historical murder mystery. Hi, Karen. Hi, thank you for having me. Oh, pleasure. Um, okay, so your first novel, it's called Murder at the Dunwich Asylum. It's set on Stradbroke Island, uh, which is in Queensland. But for anyone who hasn't heard of Stradbroke, can you sort of set the scene uh, of, of what Stradbroke Island is like? Stradbroke Island's a beautiful little island, about 25 minutes by water taxi from Cleveland, which is a suburb of Brisbane. So it's really not far to travel from Brisbane at all. It's like a little jewel that I, I guess nowadays we have a lot of tourists come here. But when I first moved here in 1991, it was this little lost jewel in Moreton Bay that people didn't really know a lot about. Oh, how is it now that people have discovered the secret? That must be a little bit bittersweet. <laughs> it's a lot busier. It is a lot busier in the holidays, but we still get some quiet time in between. <laughs> so uh, it says murder at Dunwich Asylum. Now, Dunwich is, is, is on Stradbroke Island. Um, so there was an asylum there at some point? Yes, there was. There was an asylum at Dunwich between uh, 1864 and 1946. So it was absolutely notorious and infamous by the time it was closed down. The Queensland government just completely demolished it. Actually, my house is built out of the rents of the, you know, that were left lying around after they demolished the asylum. It does seem like the perfect place to, um, you know, set a murder mystery. There's asylums, yeah, they're just kind of terrifying when you think about them. Um why, I mean, I mentioned, you know, you had a bit of a slowdown during COVID. Is writing a novel something you'd always wanted to do? Well, I kind of have always had in the back of my mind, I think like a lot of people, that, you know, one day I'll write a book, one day I'll write murder mysteries. And I love to read murder mysteries. I just read every single murder mystery I can get my hands on. And so I guess, you know, I got called back from Sydney on the 17th of March in 2020. My boss said, you've got to go home now or you're not going to get home. And when I got here, I thought, well, what am I going to do? And I thought, you know what, I'm going to write that murder mystery now. (laughs) And this is a historical murder mystery. So it's based on a a real place, the the Dunwich Asylum. It is, the Dunwich Asylum. So So I started with the place, yeah. Well, tell us us about the place. Like, what what did it look like um, at the height of its operation? Um, When I was... The asylum started with about 60 inmates that they moved into. They moved them away from Brisbane into the quarantine, what was the old quarantine station on the island. And it was just one small old Queenslander wooden building, basically. They extended it. By the time I write my stories in 1884, um, when Dr Hamish Hart, my, my 
investigator guy is is there. The asylum had about 400 inmates, but when it was at its height, maybe a decade after that, in the 1890s, there were over 1,200 people in the asylum at any given time. So it spread quite a bit across the um, island, well, across the Dunwich side of the island anyway. And was it men and women? Was it what, sorry? Uh, Were men and women um, at the asylum? Yeah, Yeah, there were both men and women. There were far more men than women. So there were probably, um, well, in Hamish's time, there were about 400 inmates and about 30 of those were women. So there was far more men than women and they had them separated. They had a separate women's ward, but they also had what they called an Asiatics ward. They had an inebriates ward and they had what they called Ward 10, uh, which was really quite a scary place. It was like what we would consider a secure unit now for people with um, severe mental disorders. And is it, is all this information quite readily available? Like you could get a pretty clear picture of, of how the place operated? Yeah, yeah. There's lots and lots of information about the asylum. Great records were kept at the time. They're not necessarily terribly detailed, um, in terms of what people's lives were like, but they are detailed in terms of how many inmates there were, what kinds of illnesses they came in with, um, you know, the extent to which they were able to access care or not. Um, and there's a great little museum on the island. The Historical Museum here holds um, a lot of records from the asylum days, as does the Queensland State Library, of course. You mentioned the lead character, Hamish Hart. Uh, what? what? How long did it take you to come up with, with that name? <laughs> Dr. Hamish Hart. He's, um, I don't know. I really don't remember where the name came from. But when I, I started with the idea of the asylum, I thought that seemed like a great place to have a murder mystery set. I wanted a murder mystery to be historical. When I did research on the asylum itself, the most exciting period was the 1880s. Um, a lot happened, a lot changed in that time. So I, I picked the time frame and the place and then Hamish just kind of came to me, I guess, Being a medical anthropologist, I have a real interest in medical history Mm -hmm. and I wanted to be able to invest some of that, you know, um, flavour into the book. So I made Hamish a doctor so that I would be able to do that. But the other great thing about Hamish is that I wanted to tip Victorian stereotypes on their head. Um, And I didn't want Hamish to be like Sherlock Holmes is in, in many ways he's the opposite of Sherlock Holmes. He's very caring and gentle. He's not always confident and sure of what he's doing. And um, one reader, actually, it was lovely because she said to me, I love the way Hamish just goes around caring for people and he accidentally solves the, the murder as he <laughs> progresses. <laughs> I, I'm really interesting how you sort of chart, you know, the the story of a murder mystery. Did you have it, you, you went in there with a clear idea of, of what was going on or how long did it take you to settle on a story that you thought, yeah, this is going to grab people? Oh, yeah. it's a, There's a great thing that writers all talk about amongst themselves, whether you're a plotter or a pantser. And a plotter is someone who works out all the details before they start. Um, but I'm definitely a pantser. I jump in, I have the setting, I have the characters. Um, I just 
just go for it and I let them play and see what they're going to do. And so the plot kind of unveils itself mm. as I go along. And by the time I've got to the end of the first draft, I have a complete plot. <laughs> oh, that's fun. Sometimes I don't know who the murderer is till halfway through the book. So, you know. <laughs> oh, I love that. You're listening to ABC Radio. My name's Jen Leake. I'm speaking with uh, Karen Thurecht. She uh, just, well, a couple of years ago wrote her first murder mystery. Um, you, uh, I mean, it sounds like it all, you know, happened fairly smoothly, but were there moments where you're like, what am I doing? This isn't working. My idea's crap. I want to give up. <laughs> well, I think that that's probably every day at yeah. some point during the day. For sure. Right yep. <laughs> but, you know, once I, once I started writing, I couldn't stop. I found that I couldn't not write. So um, I got the first book finished because I was hell-bent and determined that I would have a first book completed. And then when I found a publisher, um, everything just seemed to fall into place. I really got along well with the publisher. Um, We've really all been able to work together as a team to get Murder at the Dunwich Asylum out there, and it's done extremely well. Nobody's more surprised than I am. Um, And so uh, that all gave me encouragement to be writing, you know, on the second book and the third and and on and on. So it's just something that's that's happened organically, and um, I'm really excited about it. I love my new life. Yeah. And my old bosses ring up and say, you know, are you, are you coming back to work like this whole COVID thing's over now? And I'm like, well, I don't know. And you know, I don't think I am. I'm a murder mystery writer now, okay? Yeah, yeah I'm writing murder mysteries. Oh. Come on. <laughs> this, is, this is people's dreams, like how thrilling that it's uh, come off for you. Do you have a yeah. so you've written two books now and you've got a what's your plan what's your what's your goal for the next uh, for the next couple of books Okay so I've got three books I've got two books that have been published and released the third one is with the publisher and going through the processes it'll come out in November this year uh, and so I'm writing the fourth one at the moment so we're we're at that stage where I'm I've got 30,000 words and it's just come to me now who the murderer is. <laughs> oh, that's so fun, I reckon, just waiting yeah. for it to sort of reveal itself and you're like, yes, that's what's going to make it work. I know. It is really, yeah. really fun. <laughs> you must, you know, as you're writing more of them, you must really begin to sort of trust yourself. Like, okay, I don't quite know where it's going yet, but it will come as it did with the other the other books. Yeah, there is a, there is a moment of terror that lasts for about a month. I think. Yeah. <laughs> I've got the research. I'm excited about the setting. I'm excited about the characters and, and I'm having fun with them. And then there's this moment of terror that goes for a couple of weeks. And goes, oh, my goodness. Do I know what I'm doing with this? <laughs> and <laughs> I'm waiting for the day when it doesn't turn out. <laughs> oh, no. You've had such a dream run. Um, and where do you want to set them beyond Stradbroke? So the second one is set in the Logan region, which is south of Brisbane, between yes. Brisbane and the Gold Coast. And in the 1880s, that was uh, land, that land was all sugar plantations. And so the second plot is around a South Sea Island labourer. As, as you know, uh, a lot of what they used to call Kanakas, South Sea Islanders, were brought over to work on the sugar plantations for very, very, very meagre any wages. 
Um, anyway, within 24 hours of arriving, this South Sea Islander is accused of a murder that he didn't commit. Mm. And of course, because Dr. Hamish Hart is who he is, he has to become involved and advocate for this fellow and, uh, you know, find out who the real murderer is. Fantastic. Next comes the TV or movie deal, Karen. Yeah, <laughs> that would be wonderful. <laughs> well, thanks so much for chatting with me and congratulations on, on such an impressive career change. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Bye. You're listening to ABC Radio. My name's Jen Leake. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Between the Covers, produced by Shoreline Publishing. 